2: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
3: Good morning. Welcome to The Morning Beat. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today on this lovely Friday. We have a great show planned for you. We've got our attorney, Paula Candy, calling in to talk about the recent, uh, the recent, uh, I guess, um, Title IX sort of edit. I guess we could call it, perhaps. Uh, Is it good or bad news for our community? She's going to join us and tell us a little bit later on. Also, we've got uh, Dr. James today for What the Health. Everybody talking about this new COVID variant as the world reopens. uh, But could the Delta variant shut us back down again? Yikes, I can't even think about that. Also, we're kicking things off in just a moment with a bride who wrote a letter to her bridal party that has the internet divided, but maybe not for the reasons you might think. Is she a bridezilla? Is she the a-hole? Or is she just being fair to her friends? We're going to debate in about 12 minutes from right now. Michaela, how are you?
0: I'm doing good, honey. I'm alive. I had a nice time. I had a vocal lesson yesterday that turned into taking my vocal teacher to the Abbey. And with another dear friend of ours. And it is so fun to watch married women try to like, let loose. She let her kids go. She, like, let her red hair down. And it was wonderful.
3: Wait, was last night the group of ten? The Abby? No,
0: no. That's my makeup. Today's my makeup artist's birthday. Happy birthday, Joseph. Love you so much. Thank you for making me beautiful. Oh, Abby,
3: two nights in a row. Yeah, so oh. I had a vocal lesson, and
0: my vocal teacher was feeling wild, and so was my dear friend, Jen. And so I said, okay, well, I can go for two hours only. And so we had froses, and... Then Wait, she. Wait, what's that? Froses from the Abbey?
3: Is that like probably frozen it's like rose? frozen
0: rose with vodka in it. It's oh. like very problematic. I've never heard of it. Never, I didn't
3: know they made those.
0: Wait, froze is like the most famous thing at the Abbey to get drinks.
3: My Since when? Always. My, my, listen, my ex was the GM there. I never heard of it, but that was also like 10 years ago. So maybe they don't have it Oh,
0: froses are like really the thing.
3: I get the mango mojito still. I've been getting it for 15 years.
0: Well, also, we have to understand that one drink at the Abbey is like three drinks anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So my vocal teacher uh, texted me and she said, uh, thankfully my kids are in bed. And then I barfed. I had a really great time. Love you. She and I was like,
3: she wasn't the only one. My dog.
0: Said, oh there was the another bar situation picture.
3: I woke up this morning y'all and my dog is so adorable we had him scheduled for a for a grooming today he was going to have a day of leisure my partner and I were going to have a few hours alone while he was at the groomers looks like we're taking him to the vet instead because we woke up and his kennel was a disaster I won't give you any details but I will say this I don't think he chooses food it's he that's, just that's, that's, that's just it so you this have morning, to
0: get him a, um we had to get it for a slow feeder? Mm-hmm.
3: I've wondered about that you gotta
0: get it it's because so, Rocky used to do the same thing. He used to throw it up.
3: Because, well, that, I think that's what happened, actually. We're, we think it was that end. Uh, so I think we're going to look into that today.
2: Yeah. yeah. AJ, I, I just want to thank you for this morning. Oh, I sent you the photo. Yeah, you sent me the photo. Uh, well, I wanted you- say, You saved me five bucks on breakfast. So listen, I wanted you to great. understand
3: you. that I wasn't going to be here as early as I thought because <laughs> I was giving my dog a bath at 5 a.m. this morning. It was disgusting. My poor partner's working already, and that's what we dealt with. Listen- being a puppy dad is amazing. Mm-hmm. Love it 99% of the time. This morning was not one of those percent. It was the it was the 1%. So uh, hopefully he feels better. Uh, very soon. Thanks for the advice. I'll look into a slow feeder while you do news on the beach. Yeah.
0: All right. well there's a lot going on this morning. Juneteenth is now officially a federal holiday. President Joe Biden signed a bill into law yesterday commemorating June 19th 1865, the day slaves in Texas were told of their emancipation. Juneteenth is the first holiday to be approved since Martin Luther King Jr. Day, which was established in 1983. Since Juneteenth falls on a weekend this year, some state government offices may be closed today in um, observance. Juneteenth gained wider recognition following the wave of racial justice activism last year. While many have welcomed the new holiday, other nationwide issues related to race and equality are still being met with division. Congress is all but stalled on police reform legislation. Debates are roiling about teaching critical race theory in schools. And several states have passed or are trying to pass laws threatening the voting rights of undeserved communities. Now let's get into a little weather. Summer is here and it's very queer. Brought to you by McDonald's. It's going to be a high of 75 in San Francisco, 73 in Seattle, 91 in Atlanta, 86 in Chicago, 82 in Cleveland, 109 in Sacramento, and 120 in Indio. Now give us a vibe of the day. Oh, before you do though, I do want to remind everybody because it is so hot. Watermelon slushies are all the rage at McDonald's and you can scoop one up for just two bucks or even a McCafe frap so delicious two dollars stay hydrated
3: not to be confused with the froze.
0: lord not to be confused with the froze. yes amen
3: (laughs) here's your vibe speaking your truth is the most powerful tool we all have
0: yeah just speak your truth be honest all right well uh happy birthday again june 18th it's also my dad's birthday actually i just realized live in time that guy.
3: God, this will be a fun oh, morning. Here we Happy go. Happy birthday, Rocco. Happy
0: birthday, Rocco. Not my dog, by the way.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, he's another kind of dog.
0: <laughs> yes. All right. Coming up, a bride is going viral on TikTok for a list she made for her bridesmaids. And we discuss in our new segment, Am I the AOL? coming up next.
3: All right, so it's time for another round of am I the a-hole? Now, this is based on a a, a Reddit thread that's very, very popular. People asking the question, like, listen, am I the jerk here? Am I the a-hole? Who's right? Who's wrong in this situation? Oftentimes, uh, these conversations kind of come up around weddings, which has me really nervous as I'm about a year away from my very own. I don't want to be the Mm a-hole. I don't want to be a groomzilla. uh, But... Uh, this one's a little bit different. Okay. So this woman, she's going to be a bride. She wrote a letter to her bridal party and let them know what to sort of expect. Um, and one of the bridesmaids actually we have a little bit of audio. So I'm going to let her explain some of it. and Then we're going to talk through it.
4: I'm glad that somebody pointed this out. I'm going to share it tip that I used to be more transparent to my bridal party. Before I got engaged, I was a bridesmaid before, and I wasn't fully aware of all the costs and expectations associated with being a bridesmaid. I felt very insecure doing this, but I'm ultimately glad that I did, and that was include a letter of what I expected for my bridal party. Okay. And I did-
3: so to be clear, that's the bride, actually, not the bridesmaid, correct? That is the bride. She's like, listen, I've done this a few times. I- I've worn those bridesmaids' dresses. I've been a supporter, um, and it wasn't what I thought it was going to be, mm-hmm. right? I think sometimes for those in our community, we're not as invested in wedding season as my our straight counterparts. Because I see this time of year, all my friends, they literally, all my straight friends are constantly, constantly, constantly at weddings every single weekend. Now, they're more common for us now, but still, the straights, they love a good wedding. Um, but she continues.
4: And I just put it in this cute little envelope and included it as part of the bridesmaid proposal box. And in that letter, I outlined time commitments. So I told them if they live over an hour away, they didn't have to worry about making it to the bridal shower or to go wedding dress shopping with me. It was fine. Okay. I I, feel
3: like I that's, love that. Yeah, that's so, so sweet. Of, I think it's kind of fair, actually, right? Yeah, that's a lot. That's a, a lot. A super sensitive person might not have the best reaction to that, but I think a logical person would be like, okay, that's kind of cool. I'm off the hook if I live an hour away. That's fair.
4: I also specified money commitments, so I told them I would pay for the hair and makeup, but that they would be responsible for the cost of the bridesmaid dress. Although they had freedom as to what style they wanted, I just wanted a specific color.
3: Okay, I understand that Wait, one as this well. sounds
0: amazing. I don't think she's the
4: a-hole at all. She's wonderful. She sounds
3: really nice. Quite lovely. Continue.
4: But most importantly, I told them that they could say no to being a bridesmaid, that we would still be friends, and they could keep all gifts within the bridesmaid proposal box. And one of them said no, and we're, we're still good
2: friends. Okay, that's cool.
0: Wait, she's amazing. So why are people upset? I don't understand because, why the
2: internet's divided. Because they essentially, she essentially laid everything out in the letter. Like, okay, this is what I expect from you. This is what you want. This is what, like...
0: But there were um, no expectations. She basically well, was like, you guys, don't worry if you live an hour away. Don't feel like you have to come. That's well, if
3: you live an hour away. One of the things... Well, if you live within an hour, I guess you're expected. But I guess... Uh, but the Well, also, but you're, you're a
0: bridesmaid. Listen, yeah. I've been a bridesmaid a lot. And to be fair... When you're a bridesmaid, you feel very excited and honored. I wanted to be there to see my uh, cousin and my friends in their wedding dresses. She's making
3: a hard pitch for me right now. You're going to be in my wedding no, party. Relax. I
0: love you, but I love I love being a bridesmaid. Yeah. I mean, I genuinely, and I feel like when you're asked, it is such an honor. Like you're sharing the best day of someone's life, who you adore. Well,
3: some some of the followers or some of the Reddit users were saying, like, listen, you should pay for everything. You should pay for all their wedding dresses. You should pay for their hair and makeup. You should pay for all of it. No, and yeah, and that's we're kind of there right now too, because we're like, okay, well, we're paying a lot for this wedding, and depending.
0: But she said, and this is what's amazing. Again, she said, "I'll take care of the hair and makeup. You pay for your Which dress." Which is a big deal. That's a hair huge and makeup deal. Cost Glam as much is of the so dress. expensive. Yes. It's nice she's been getting them hair and makeup. But she also said, "You do have to pay for your dress." But didn't send them a three hundred dollar dress. And also said she was you have like, some, "Just be this color. You, you can have get it some at choices. Ross.
3: Something you can wear again."
0: Yeah. Bride- you have to get a lavender dress at Ross. I think she's wonderful. Do
3: I well, this brings up my next question. Do you like uh shoulder puffs on dresses? <laughs> I've, I've been I've been wanting to find a way to bring this up and now feels like an opportune time.
0: I do like shoulder puffs. Okay, good. But also speaking of horrible bridesmaids dresses, <laughs> my sister in law, Lisa's sister, uh huh had the worst. Really? They were horrible. They were in style at the time, but they were ugly. Wait,
3: when was the time?
0: In the 80s. They oh, yeah. Married.
3: Everything was wild Oh, my God. Then.
0: Those dresses were hairy. They probably had
3: permed bangs, too.
0: Yeah, they remember, did.
3: I'll tell you this. My sister, I remember my sister, I thought she was the most glamorous girl in the world in the 1980s, and she was going to prom with her boyfriend, Sean. And she wore a peach-colored dress with the biggest, frilliest, puffiest shoulder pads I've ever seen with a deep-cut V, and then it kind of went tight tight on her waist mm-hmm. and then flared out. And she had the biggest, biggest hair. I remember her trying to get into his little car. He had a little sports car. And the dress filled the entire front seat all the way to the ceiling <laughs> in front of her. And then, and then I think this was a thing back then, she had her shoes dyed to match. Dyed. Oh, yeah. You dye high heels. Yeah. She got white ones and they dyed them to match her dress.
0: That's so cute. <laughs> so I'm
3: definitely going to see if she still has that dress, Michaela. Yeah. Because I want you to feel special. I'm wearing it. I want you to stand out. And Peach I think is my color. Peach is really, I want it to really just match your skin perfectly. Peach is
0: beautiful. <laughs> Listen, I think this bride is wonderful. I think we could take notes from her. I'm totally on her side. The internet I, yeah, is not divided. I'm with you
3: on this one because I think what she's doing here is she's clearly defining her expectations. Yes. She's setting boundaries. She's being respectful. And I think a lot of people don't know how to react to that.
0: Yeah, and she even says, like, I feel very nervous sending out this list. I feel very vulnerable. Well a lot of people
3: will hear a lot of people will also hear that listen, you're off the hook and I won't be mad at you. A lot of people would hear that and be like, Oh no, she's definitely gonna be mad and they'll talk amongst themselves. Yeah. She's like, No, really, I'm fine. I
0: get it. I seriously get it. Mm. We love her. All right. Well, coming up uh, in the next segment, what is the biggest regret of your life? We discuss coming up next.
3: Good morning. Welcome to the morning beat. We're so glad you're here. Um. Uh, this story is kind of it's kind of heartbreaking. It's kind of a you know not not the most happy story, but it's going to sort of segue into our own sort of conversation. Um, but uh, John Rom is it Rom? Uh, Emmanuel Rom <laughs> R A H M. I'm just thinking it out loud here, live on the air. Justin uh, wishes he'd received his COVID 19 vaccine earlier after his memorial tournament fiasco. Um, so you got to remember this is, uh, he was leading, right? He was leading at the Memorial tournament in Murfield and outside of Columbus, Ohio, actually over Memorial day weekend by six strokes. Uh, and that's a big tournament outside of the majors. It's one of the biggest ones of the entire year. He's a golfer. Uh, and then, uh, tested positive for COVID-19 and, or he hadn't been out of the 14 day window required after receiving his final dose, apparently is what happened. Right? So now he's saying he wishes he would have gotten his COVID-19 vaccine sooner so he would have been out of that two-week window. Mm-hmm. A lot of rules, a lot of regulations. Missed out on potentially millions and millions of dollars. How much could he have won if he had won this thing, oh, Justin? They... Do we know the actual number? $1.7 million. Okay, it's a $1.7 million mistake, potentially. And also, if you get runner-up, 3rd place, whatever, they probably get money too, don't they? Just like, like a Grand Slam like tennis tournament. The better you do, the more money you get, right? He regrets that, I'm sure, because he walked away with how much zero dollars
0: oh, zero that sucks. dollars
3: that's a lot right uh, so I'm but he curious. does have
0: the potential to win it back right like he's still great do you think that any of the people would take sympathy on him and let him try again
3: wait what <laughs> I love you so much. Wait, do you know how sports work?
0: Well, I mean, does he, can he do another tournament? Oh, of course. Yeah. So that's, I mean, like, oh, yeah, yeah. it sucks, but it's also like, I'm sure people are going to be like, no, but you it's gotta, okay, but do another tournament. Maybe you could win it. you got to
3: think, though, like you're you're just firing on all cylinders because it doesn't always happen very often. There's yeah, a that's reason, yeah, that's and you have true. That's true. He was weekend like in
0: the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're in the zone. Okay, everything, fair.
3: all the pieces fell together. Uh, he's never won a major tournament like this before, I don't believe. Right? I don't think he's won a major, has he? I don't think so. Right? So, this is like his biggest opportunity. Okay, right. Okay. And right. then all of a sudden, it's like you're getting close. You finally, everything's working. Your voice is popping. You're about to win American Idol. And then you get strep throat. Right. Ooh. Right? And it's your only chance. Oh,
0: God. Do you, do, can
3: you relate now? Oh,
0: God. Yes. Okay. So, I this see is it. What this I feel got. It.
3: But on top of it, strep throat, nothing you can do about that. This guy just didn't take getting the COVID vaccine very seriously and waited too long. So, he was not in the 14 day quarantine window. Until the tournament. And that's what busted it. Hey, him.
0: that sucks. So
3: I want to know your biggest regret. I try not to live with regrets in my life, but is there one thing that if you could go back and do over, you would do over? It's a
0: tricky question. You know, here's the thing. Yes, the answer is yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. Speaking of American Idol, I uh I left American Idol. I was quote voted home but I uh, was really young. My papa passed away during the competition and I remember going to Nigel Lithgow and I was like, I have to go home. Like, I can't do this competition anymore. And I think about it quite often. One of many things that run in my head. But I also feel like it's really important to understand that I also believe everything happens for a reason. Yes. And literally the journey that I'm like on now is setting up for something that I always wanted, but I wasn't ready for Mm. like at 16. I don't think I would have been ready for the life that I wanted. I had to like do all of these things. So there's regret, but also like, I really believe everything happens for a reason to get you where you're supposed to be.
3: It's real hard not to, after making a decision like that, I would imagine, and I know you as my friend, it would be really hard not to think, oh, I self-sabotaged and I'm just going to keep doing it forever because that's who I am.
0: Right. After
3: a decision like that. But you, you were 16. Right. You were a baby.
0: Right. Yeah. Like that,
3: that's not a position you should ever have been even put in, probably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. And you didn't have the support, the parental support right. that you deserved in that time of your life. Yeah. You, nor do you have it now but now you're in a woman you're a woman you're an adult yeah and, and, you and have I a, you have, a, you, have a, you have a partner you, who I have loves you yeah,
0: like of course. i'm so i'm thankfully i do now have such a beautiful support system mm-hmm. that i think i'm more now ready for whatever comes yeah. but at the time you know you don't know
3: i have two regrets and I'll, I'll i'll elaborate on whichever one you choose okay i regret going to college oh yeah um but I also regret that I did not quit my national talk show on Fox, Hollywood Stay Live.
0: You regret that you didn't quit? Yes. Okay, why?
3: Because I was fired. And then I it, it, the hardest part about that situation was I was not happy there. I hated the job. I hated the stories. I didn't enjoy working with most of the crew. Like like the crew was cool, but like oh, I didn't most know of this. the producers, I didn't really enjoy it. I didn't enjoy the experience with Fox. My co-hosts were, were wonderful people. Uh, but we were all very, very green. And so there was a lot of just like drama that was unnecessary. And I knew that it didn't sit right with my soul at the time. I wasn't happy. But I was so desperate to get my first big break in television that I stuck it out. And I stuck it out and I stuck it out. And then I was fired and I was replaced by Ross Matthews, who was my recommendation to fill in for me the one day I took a day off work. And I think it took me a lot, it took me writing the book. It took me a whole lot of years to get over that. And I think what what actually bothered me more wasn't that he, listen, he's great. He's super talented. And it was, it was, just, it was a business decision on their part. I understand it. The hard part for me was, I had I felt like I disrespected myself by staying there as long as I did
0: because
3: mm. I knew I was better than that, that. Part, I, knew that I hate
0: that I knew okay. that I wasn't
3: fulfilled I knew that I wasn't happy and it took me a long time to but get over that let feeling. me
0: say this because then we have to get out of this segment I don't want you to regret that because yeah. I don't now that gave but you, I did you did for a long of course, time but for perspective again you wrote a book mm. that I literally just reposted yesterday because I'm reading it for the second time and you gave me like you give me a lot of great life lessons but one in particular was that you have to really believe that everything happens for a reason. And if you need to take time off, you take it. And it feels like maybe you disrespected yourself. But in disrespecting yourself, you really did help so many people.
3: Isn't it also interesting that you made one choice and I made the opposite choice. And both of us had regret about that exact same. You decided to walk away. I was too afraid to walk away, and we both regretted it for a long time.
0: Yes. Oh, that's a big deal. There's no right or
3: wrong choice. There's really not, and you always
0: end up where you're supposed to be. I think we always have to believe that. All right, well, coming up, Scarlett Johansson is having uh, regrets about playing the Black Widow, and she's sad about it. Find out why coming up next.
3: Beat, it's almost time for our first round of What's Poppin', but we're doing something really cool this month. We partnered with Ralph's and Food for Less uh, to fill the fridge For our LGBT youth and seniors in need all month long, Ralph's is actually going to match donations this entire month. So every dollar you give gets doubled. Uh, Literally, if you give $25, you can feed one of our youth or one of our seniors for an entire week worth of groceries. That's incredible. Here's how you can help. Grab your phone. Text the word fridge to 20357. Uh, and we're going to help fill uh, the LGBT Center's Pride Pantry. Super important stuff. If you can give back, please do so. Uh, and thank you in advance. Uh, now, Michaela, it's time for what's popping? What is, in fact, popping?
0: Okay, well, I don't know if you know this. Low key, I am obsessed with Scarlett Johansson. I think she's so beautiful. Did you realize
3: you just said low key? That's very similar to Loki, which is another character from uh, the cinematic universe of
0: Marvel. Oh, yeah. We just talked the- about that that yesterday. Point that out. Um, I think she's a, a phenomenal actress. I think she's an amazing singer. I just adore her. But she um, is calling out what she feels like is a piece of ass treatment uh, by playing Black Widow. She said while on set for her first standalone film in the franchise, the actress revealed her contempt for for the hypersexualization of her character, also known as Natasha, specifically in Iron Man. Then she said, Look back at Iron Man 2, and while it was really fun and had a lot of great moments, the characters sexualized. At one point, Tony calls Natasha, the character, a piece of meat. And maybe at that time that actually felt like a compliment, but it's not. And I agree. It's so interesting because although. The character Natasha's character is like a full body suit. Mm-hmm. It's so skin tight to her body; you can see every curve. Yeah, and she is sexualized. I think that um even the the roles that Angelina Jolie has played, like in Mr. and Mrs. Smith, like or Tomb Raider, or Tomb mm-hmm. Raider, every character is meant to be like a badass character, but is very sexualized. I will
3: say this though: to to be fair, that was definitely so. She stepped out of like. Her character's been in everybody else's films up until her her film is actually coming out. What, next year? This month. This, this month. Oh, this month. Okay. So, she's been in everybody else's films this entire time. Black Widow's finally got a standalone film. So, that's part of it, right? She's at their sort of leisure. They kind of do what they want with the character. But, I'm just going to... I'm, I'm going to actually say that she can feel this way and also... Male superheroes have been super hypersexualized as well. There's so much homoeroticism that takes place in all the male superhero like, Think about Spider-Man. Think about Batman and Robin. Think about the Hulk. Think about all all these male superheroes. That's yeah. how I grew up knowing I was gay because of them. But when I, I saw think- Chris what Chris O'Donnell as 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 uh not Batman Robin. Yeah,
0: little- but I think here's the difference when it comes to men being hypersexualized and women, you're still taken seriously. Like, you still look at Spider-Man, and you're like, yes, he's still a hero. With women, you're like, mm, they're just hot. Like, it's... I, I think... Yeah,
3: I can't speak on that because I do take her character seriously. Well, you do. I don't th- I, I don't look at her as just hot. But we're yeah, talking... He, yeah.
0: She's talking to, like, straight cis men who are like, oh, I'm not watching her because she's a badass. I'm watching her because she looks like, smoking hot in that latex outfit.
3: Yeah, whereas they look up to Batman and idolize him. Right, movies, yeah, right. I hear That's that why it's a little sure. bit
0: different, I think. Um. But I'm so excited. And she does go on to say... Now, people, young girls are getting a very positive message, but it's been incredible to be a part of that shift and be able to come out on the other side and be a part of that old story and also progress. So uh, I love it. I can't wait to see it. And I I think that she's totally badass. Now, coming up, Paula Kenny joins us to discuss Title IX being reinstated and what that means for our community coming up next. When I
3: was a kid, there used to be a bakery in my hometown called Charlie's Bakery. Okay. And my grandmother used to take us there for sugar cookies, sugar cookies every now and then, and they made homemade donuts. Um, and I loved it. Had a lot of really wonderful memories there. Love that. I can't <clears throat> imagine going there as an adult. I think it's closed down now. But going as an adult, maybe, uh, a member of our community, and asking for a cake uh, that maybe supports a same sex marriage right. or adoption. Right. Something along those lines, and being told no, right? Somehow, yeah. over the course of the last few years, bakers and Christians have become synonymous with each other, right? It's sort of been this on- so weird. ongoing narrative, and we actually have an update uh, regarding one uh, bigoted Christian baker in News on the Beat Um, Kaylee, you have those details. I do. Why don't you share them with our listeners?
0: Well, this is so weird. I'm so tired of uh, like church and state not being separated. We say it all the time, and I feel like I'm talking like it's a broken record. But I just don't get it. Like,
3: yeah, we didn't come up with that rule, guys. Y'all did. Yeah, it's like a fake rule. hear by it.
0: Yeah, well, the story is the conservative Christian Baker who took a discrimination case all the way to the Supreme Court to win a religious exemption so that he wouldn't have to sell a cake to a gay couple has just lost his second LGBTQ discrimination case in a decision that he will likely appeal A Colorado judge in Denver ruled that Jack Phillips of Masterpiece Cake Shop illegally discriminated against Autumn Scardino when he refused to make her a birthday cake because she's transgender, arguing that baking the cake violates his religious beliefs. Phillips made headlines after he refused to sell a wedding cake to a gay couple in 2012 and was found to have violated the Colorado Anti-Discrimination Act. He claimed that his religious beliefs prevented him from selling a cake that would be used in a same-sex couple's wedding. He appealed the decision to the Supreme Court, which gave him a partial victory, but did not say that Christians don't have to follow anti-discrimination laws. He said repeatedly that he would make a birthday cake for anyone, so Scardina decided to ask him for just that, a birthday cake. She said that... She believed him when he said that he would make a birthday cake for anyone and she wanted it to be blue on the outside and pink on the inside. Scardina said that Phillips was fine with her order when she requested it in June of 2017 until she mentioned that she's transgender. And the meaning that the colors have for her, Phillips allegedly told her he did not make cakes for sex changes.
3: Wow.
0: You know what's interesting So all
3: these years later, he's still an a-hole. Like in between There's like five year gap In between those cases He didn't learn anything
2: Yeah nothing Nothing See uh, I just don't get why you guys would, Why anyone would want to support Like giving this guy money To make cakes Are they that good I understand that
3: Also but you shouldn't be put in a position where you have to decide where you're safe and where you're not safe. You should be able to go to a baker and get a darn cake. Yeah, I I agree, but I don't want to keep this guy in business. I get it. I get it. Wait, he's in Denver? Yeah. Oh
0: my God, let's go. We're
3: going to be there next weekend. Oh my
0: God, let's go. And I'm going to go in my hoe outfit I just bought.
3: Order all the rainbow cakes. All of them. Can I also say this? I want to point out to our listeners, I know this is an audio situation we're in right now, but if you could see the visual of Michaela in her black sweatshirt right now, with crumbs all over it because <laughs> we got to go we got to go upstairs to the snack room. So we have a break room upstairs we haven't been able to go to for about a year because of COVID nineteen. My,
0: my boobies caught well, the crumbs.
3: We just went up there.
0: We did. I got
3: four snacks. And then I bought four from Michaela because she forgot her money. Mm-hmm.
0: But I snuck up there a few times first.
3: Although you did to sneak up there because you're <laughs> like that. But you have crumbs all over you and I love the sight of it.
0: With my baby blanket, and I'm also it wearing it black,
3: and I, I seem to be clean. What's going on?
0: Yeah, no, I see you wiping off the crumbs during my news on the beat. Because I thought you were telling me to cut it out, but it turns out I really did. I thought you were what? telling me to stop. No. <laughs> okay, let's do weather. It's going to be summer. Uh, it's going to be summer. Really? Actually, summer. It actually is going to be summer. No, actually,
3: it is. it is about to be summer I'm in a couple days, right? Amen. Uh, this weekend. You're so smart. I love
0: it. Well, summer's here, and it's queer, and it's brought to you by McDonald's. It's 120 in India, 109 in Sacramento, 91 in Atlanta, 75 in San Francisco, 118 in Palm Springs, 113 in Vegas, and 84 in Los Angeles. I felt like doing it like that, because I didn't want to really do it. Hey, at McDonald's, get a small summer treat, <laughs> like the new Minute Maid strawberry. <laughs> what you saying, Michaela?
3: What? What can we get at McDonald's? A new summer treat?
0: You can get a new Minute Maid strawberry watermelon slushie in a cafe frap and smoothies for just two dollars. Do those
3: come with the snort or
0: no? <laughs> they come with a smile. <laughs>
3: Aw, that was
0: cute. (laughs) McDonald's,
3: hire her. Yeah. Get her out of here. Trust me. I'm I'm over it. All right, here's your vibe of the day. Speaking your truth is the most powerful tool we all have.
0: Yes, amen. Don't be
3: complacent. Don't just say what you think people want to hear. Speak your truth.
0: I love that. All right, well, coming up, Paula Candy joins us to discuss Title IX being reinstated and what that means for our community coming up next.
3: Welcome back to the show. Uh, she joined us yesterday, and she was so informative uh, that we asked her to come back again today. Please welcome to the program, Attorney Turley. Aturly. Wow, Attorney. Aturly, Shirley. Paul Canny. How are you, Attorney Shirley?
5: I'm great now that I'm talking to you, AJ and Mikhail. It's the perfect way to start my day.
3: Absolutely.
0: Amen. We feel the same way. Well, well, I want to
3: ask you, we talked about Supreme Court stuff yesterday. Earlier this week, the education department says that Title IX uh, does in fact protect LGBTQ students. Uh, This is a big deal. Tell us why.
5: It is a big deal. So, Title IX was enacted in 1976. It was an absolutely revolutionary piece of legislation. Discrimination uh, on the basis of sex. So, the issue is is you know discrimination against gay people, discrimination on the basis of sex, and the. Biden administration is saying, yes, you can't discriminate against gay people and LB, LGBTQ people under Title IX. So it means in any educational institution, nobody can discriminate ag- against the a gay person anymore. And so it's Im- it's important because last uh, they just decided that Title VII, which, in, dis- which prohibits discrimination in the workplace, uh, that the United States Supreme Court decided in a 7-2 vote, you know, in workplaces, you can't fire somebody for being gay. I mean, some county fired somebody who worked for the county because he was on a softball team. In a 7-2 to two vote, the United States Supreme Court said, no, 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 that violates Title VII. And it's interesting because it was Gorich who wrote that who wrote that opinion and and he 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 said that you you can't do that in in workplace stuff and so now the Biden administration that lead and so it'll mean you know people won't be getting in trouble for like you or if somebody says they're you know they, the, the school can't do anything harmful to them. Well, I'll tell you and what, Paula Canny.
3: I also I, I do want to say, though, I think a, a, another good way, another workaround to fix that situation, you know, where you said that the county tried to fire the man uh, for playing on a gay softball mm-hmm. league. I think that you should maybe have a gay softball team play against a straight one because I used to play gay softball and I'll tell you what, there are some athletes on those teams. You know,
0: I would play with you. I just hate balls. So I would cheer for you on the sidelines like nobody's business. I
3: also... also,
5: No, I mean, back in the day, back in the day, in the late 70s and early 80s in San Francisco, there were like 12 lesbian bars and we had the best fast-pitched softball in the country (laughs) with all these I'm serious and I I played on that those teams it was so fun because we were all before title nine
1: yeah,
3: you
5: know, so I'll tell you what, a- Paula
3: Candy. I grew up in in a little town in Ohio, and there was a very, there still is a thriving uh, bar, baseball and softball. Well, softball, I guess men play softball too. Softball league, and my mom played in fast pitch softball every year. And it was, these are like farm girls in Ohio, right? Mm-hmm. And and my mom was a first baseman. She was awesome. And I'm, I'm still not convinced at least half of her team wasn't lesbian. I mean, I thought for many years, I thought my mom could be. She used to wear banana clips in her hair, and she would get big old strawberries banana on her legs. Banana clips leg. were it, yeah. though. But I was like, Mom, are you sure you weren't a little bit gay at some point? Um, but that's neither here nor there. Now, I do want to ask you, though, because for many of us, we thought, you know, we look at the Supreme Court makeup, and it's a, it's a 6'3 conservative tilt right now. And so, mm-hmm. we, so we just make the assumption that, everything is going to go the way the conservatives want it to. Every Donald Trump appointee is going to vote how he would want them to. And so far, these cases coming down, they're not going that way. Uh, Is there still hope that the Supreme Court is doing what it was was designed to do and look at things objectively from a, a legal perspective as opposed to being so partisan?
5: I mean, I think that's a great, great, great point. And so I have to say, from as I tried to read through these hundred and seventy-page decisions in a quick amount of time, I mean, yeah, I'm not as depressed as I was, you know, in, in November of twenty. I mean, Kavanaugh is clearly no giant legal mind. He's just, you know, <laughs> the guy who drank too much beer, who was who was lucky, but. Neil Mm -hmm. Gorich's opinion, I mean, he wrote in that opinion regarding Title VII, the limits of the drafter's imagination supply no reason to ignore the law's demands. Now, that's a pretty impactful statement. Mm -hmm. He goes on to say Title VII bars discriminating against people simply because they're gay. So that's pretty progressive. And then that all nine struck down Philadelphia's thing, even though I—I I, I mean, I of course I, you know, same sex parents should be afforded all the privileges as as you know, uh, not same sex or whatever straight people. Uh, but but I look that the way the 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 court is sort of being more circumspect than I thought. So. I think you know the one thing that is probably going to go by the wayside, given how conservative it the is, is probably abortion, because it's so such a a conservative kind of a thing. I mean, I can't even uh, sort of talk about that. But no, I mean, I I thought that those decisions were were pretty good. I mean, yes, thank God we still have uh obamacare thank god court says you can't discriminate on the basis of sex in the workplace and you know and and ironically as i say thank god thank god that the court you know says the government shouldn't meddle in first amendment issues until you Absolutely. know is how and to also- be because
3: and also, I, I want to have
5: my gay church, and I don't want government telling okay. me what I can or can't do. Speak on it. Also,
3: Amen. thank God for gay softball leagues. Am I Woo! right?
5: Exactly. Thank God for gay people. <laughs> <laughs> They're all right. Okay. Um, oh Let's my not give God. them too much credit now. <laughs> gay people. Oh my God. Ugh. Yeah. I love gay people. Thank you. Thank you. We love okay. you, Paula. All right. Love you guys. Have a great day. Welcome
3: back to the Morning Beat. Thank you for hanging out with us as always. Uh, we have a great uh, show coming up for you. We've got Dr. James Simmons joining us in our next hour for what the hell, talking about this new Delta uh, COVID variant that has some people scared, concerned, uh, whether you're vaccinated or not. We've got a lot of information for you that you need to know about. So stick around for that a little bit later on. Right now, though, uh, we're talking about this. This story is really interesting. So there's a gay couple that endured years of anonymous hate mail. Um, and they did a handwriting analysis to help lead them, them to the perpetrator. Turns out that this hate mail was coming from their neighbor, who was a friend of theirs, who had been very kind to their face all these years. How do you respond to that? How do you deal with that? You think somebody's your friend, and they're stabbing you in the back and smiling to your face. What do you do?
0: That's the worst feeling, I think. That actually, to me, trumps even the hate mail. I feel like it's so devastating to think that you even just have a cordial relationship with somebody and for years. And then to think that they've been talking bad about you and wanted to harm you in any type of way.
3: Well, the couple's name is Lee, Michael, McClain, and Brian Furs. Uh, and they have this to say about the mail.
6: We got nervous after that first couple came in a batch. (laughs) It was upsetting, and we didn't know when it was going to stop or if it would advance, you know, to something more. And uh, it was an annoyance because I had to follow up on all of them.
3: Yeah, so their house is in Milton, Massachusetts. Um, And then then they go on to talk about when they found out uh, that the abuse was actually coming from somebody that was close
6: to them. You know, we've had casual conversations. I spoke with him just the week before that last card came about work that was being done on his house. And, you know, I was running by his house and stopped to, to have a chat. Never would have suspected.
0: Oh, my God. so weird. It's weird.
3: Who, first of all, who takes the time? Because he said early on a batch, a batch of letters. That sounds like a lot. Yeah, a that's, batch? That's more than two. Who has the time? and the hatred in their heart to do something like that. I just don't understand what straight people's issue is with our community. I just don't get it. For the life of me, I've spent 40 years trying to figure this out, and I don't understand what they're so I honestly
0: of. just think it's literally the conversation we had yesterday with Dr. Jen Mann where hurt people just hurt people. Mm. I think that... Oftentimes, people who were raised in a home where they had no control or they were bullied, uh, they prey on the weak or the vulnerable. Oftentimes, too, this couple was probably very happy and loving and people, you know, feel envious of that. So they want to, like, try to hurt them in any way that they can because uh, a lot of people just are unhappy, not only with themselves, but they don't even have relationships, you know, and. I think it's just really really sad and I think that it's an important lesson again for people who don't think pride is important.
3: Well, listen to how far these people went. They started sending them magazine subscriptions, but they would sign up for them under homophobic names. Yeah. Like Seymour Butts, I'm sure, or like some immature stupid bull that like straight people think is funny, mm-hmm. and they started sending them to them over and Were over. Were they good again.
0: magazines though?
3: Well, listen, these guys are like, listen, like like, well, no, they said like, listen, who doesn't want a free issue of Cosmopolitan <laughs> or, or Vogue, you idiots? Yeah, yeah. Like, thanks for sending us stuff that we enjoy. You're morons. Yeah. Um, but uh, apparently, though, they signed up for a subscription to the Golden Globe, or to Golden Globe, but this is a Boston Globe. Uh, but the men already had the subscription. So the paper was sent back to the order uh, request uh, made under the name Michelle Fruitze. Her name's Fruitsy. F-R-U-I-T-Z-E-Y. Because oh they're
0: making fun of their last name. Yes. What is it, Michael?
3: Fruit it was. Well, they're calling him Fruity. Yeah. And his last name is Furze.
0: Froze, okay. So she called
3: him Froze? Froze? And Michael, they named Michelle. Yeah. So they thought that was funny. Yeah. And that's how they figured out it was coming from that, because it got sent back. It's just like, it's just- It's annoying. So absurd. But there's a positive twist to the story. Things turned out
6: all right. The number of people who are willing to put up with it and support that type of harassment is way fewer than the number of people who are outraged by it, which I find really, really supportive and heartening.
3: And they've even started making t-shirts, selling t-shirts for $30 a piece uh, to start an endowment, a scholarship for queer students. So far, they've raised $12,000. Okay. So thanks a lot, A-hole neighbors, morons. Here's the thing. This is what I love about... This is the beauty and the gift of being a minority, whether it's female. uh, even though females aren't really the minority, actually. There's 51% of you in our country, but you're not treated that way. Uh, Whether you're black or queer or trans, if you can get through the hard stuff, and there's a lot of it, but if you can get through it, you're so much stronger and so much smarter and so much more creative because we've all had to be to survive. Right. Straight cis people get to be lazy all day long and just exist we don't have that luxury yeah but in the end we win because we're smarter we're tougher we're wittier we're more creative than our hateful neighbors ever could be
0: absolutely and I love that well listen speaking of an icon in the community dan levy yes. is proving why road trips actually suck in a hilarious way and we're discussing and what's next
3: Welcome back to The Morning Beat, one of our favorite celebrities, as in what's popping here in just a couple of moments. But first, I do want to tell you about one of our favorite organizations, uh, and that is the Los Angeles LGBT Center. Uh, We partnered with them as well as Ralph's and Food for Less for uh, the entire month of Pride. Uh, We're helping give back to our homeless uh, youth and seniors in need by filling the fridge. You can help out too by texting the the word fridge to 20357 to donate to the Los Angeles LGBT Pride Pantry. Donations are being doubled this entire month by Ralph's and food for less. So if you're able to give $25, you can get groceries for an individual for an entire week. That's incredible. Once again, text the word fridge to 20357 to give back if you can. Please and thank you. Now, I love this guy. Talking about Dan Levy. He's in What's Poppin'. Why?
0: Okay, I love him so much. Um, I want to say this before I tell the actual story. He did respond to Annie's request of making a movie. Uh-oh. Remember how we reported yes. that in Much Poppin? He said, "Listen, I love everybody so much, and I love Annie for even hinting at that. We had such a great time making the show, and I think if the idea is right, I would love to explore what a movie could look like. I don't have that idea yet. I'm still searching for it, but my fingers are crossed because I miss you guys. It will
6: happen in the next three to four years. It's happening.
0: Yeah. I love it." OK, well, what's also happening is he uh, is in a hilarious new ad where he's talking about how road trips kind of suck. Now driving back and forth to Vegas every weekend for a year and a half, I could not agree more. But he's so funny. Take a listen to the ad.
1: Just ask fifth class this week,
0: Rashida. Yeah, no pain, no gain. OK? Yeah, I know. It's just...
2: Hello? Claire? What? Fire.
1: Or always road tripping on empty dams.
2: I told you this would happen. The light was not even on.
1: No, it was on. What?
0: Oh, it's gas. That's so very good. tracks for me, too. Also, Rashida is so funny. I love uh, them together. He um, he also did something for Tostitos, which is really funny. Take a listen.
6: These Tostitos habanero chips are spicy. I
0: actually think they're really spicy. Hmm. For me,
6: it's a... <gasps> spicy. Uh, <gasps>
0: Now, for me, it's it's sort of like, so good, uh, da, 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 da. you know? I do. That's with Kate McKinnon. He's hilarious. They need, they need
3: a show together. are Yeah, they They're should. So good.
0: I love Kate McKinnon, too. She's really funny. And uh, there was also one more ad that and he M-M's.
3: did. Yeah, the m yeah. one's iconic.
0: Take a listen. I
2: promise I will not eat any more of your friends.
0: Really?
1: <gasps> Kate it might happen one more time.
0: He's just so, so funny. Good. He's so great. Um, I'm so excited because we actually have in the show today a Moira Rose impersonator who's garnered so many fans on TikTok uh, that we'll be interviewing in our next What's Poppin'. Yes. It's a Schitt's Creek kind of vibe today. But Dan, you're so funny. I love you. He's I can't the wait star
3: I don't think we know we needed. Uh, Moira, Justin, our producer Justin writes us these weird cryptic messages. Panicking and frantically on air sometimes, and he just wrote Moira is the best. What does that mean, Justin?
2: Well, I'm saying if you have all the Dan Levy's commercials, you have to play the one that Mo- you know Moira Rose did. So you heard? Hi,
5: fruit Wine. I'm Moira Rose, and if you love fruit wine as much as I do, then you'll appreciate the craftsmanship and quality of a local vintner who brings the musk melon goodness to his oak chardonnay. And the dazzling peach crow bat pull
4: to his <laughs> Riesling Rioja.
3: The funniest oh part God, of that, Justin, so you left out is the Herv She keeps trying to say the name over and yeah, over yeah, again. She really I say it. I so, so so much time. good. <laughs> it's uh. so
0: good. Uh, well, we love that. We love Schitt's Creek. Now, coming up in our next hour, Dr. James Simmons joins us to discuss the new COVID variant and how dangerous it actually is next.
3: Welcome back to The Morning Beat. We have a fantastic hour coming up for you. We're joined by Dr. James Simmons. What the health coming up. We're talking about our seniors in need, how the pandemic has affected them in particular and what we can do to help. Also talking about this new Delta COVID variant. We're seeing it in the headlines all over the place, whether you're vaccinated or not. uh, He thinks you need to know about this. Uh, We're keeping you safe. In what the health this hour that all starts in about 12 minutes from right now currently though it is time for news on the beat michaela it's your time to shine take it away
0: okay well there's a lot going on in the news today the biden administration has announced it will invest more than $3 billion for the discovery, development, and manufacturing of COVID-19 antiviral medicines. Like a pill, someone could easily take it home early in an illness. Meanwhile, the U.S. is still trying to reach a goal set by President Biden of at least partially vaccinating 70% of the adult population by July 4th. Now, experts continue to sound the warning of possibly dangerous consequences if the U.S. doesn't meet such thresholds. In Indonesia, hundreds of health workers have been sickened with COVID-19, even though they received the vaccine, raising even more questions about the efficacy of some vaccines against more infectious variants. Now, in other news, um, at least, I'm so sorry, there is a story here. Uh, Utah Assistant Attorney General Stephen Wetherick gets cranky when he does not get his nap At least that's his excuse for a temper tantrum he threw after being woken up by Salt Lake City Council member Darren Mano. Wuthrich sent Mano an email telling him to die and go to hell in the explicative messages. Mano was knocking on the doors to drum up support for his campaign when he stopped by Wuthrich. Is it Wuthrich or Wuthrick? No idea. Nobody knows. Great. Okay, perfect. Okay, <laughs> yeah, because I was like, am I saying it wrong? But then nobody knows. I if better. you just say
3: it quickly Wutherford. and kind of blend the two, which is what I usually do,
6: nobody knows.
0: Uh-huh. Now, when no one answered, he left a campaign flyer in the mailbox. When Mano returned from the handing out campaign materials and talking to voters, he found the email from Wutherich in his inbox. Um, as an Asian-American, Mano said he felt it was his duty to report the incident and share it. Hate crimes against Asians and LGBTQ people have risen dramatically over the past few years. The pandemic only fueled discrimination against Asians after former President Donald Trump blamed China for COVID-19. Now that the Attorney General's office is investigating, Luthrich has changed his tune, saying he reacted with undue anger. I'm going to be honest with you. This is a true story. I had a Pussycat Doll audition a million years ago. (laughs) And when I got home, I was tired. I was living with TJ at the time, who you know, a dear friend of ours. And I fell asleep on the couch When I woke up, I kept hearing, wake up, wake up. And I was like, no, a few more minutes. I'm a sound sleeper. Wake up, it's the LAPD. And I was like, five more minutes, five more minutes. (laughs) They busted through the doors. And then it was at that moment I realized in my Pussycat Doll lingerie that it was in fact the LAPD whisking me out of this apartment. But for that time being I was really asleep So I kind of understand Wethridge. He was like, hey man, I'm sleeping, don't knock on my door
3: Why did they whisk you out again?
0: Oh, well TJ broke into his own house And a neighbor called We ended up Mm. getting out of it Because TJ told him that I was an American Idol And I had to start singing So I started singing Loosen Up My Buttons Because that was in my head from the audition Honestly, 20 year old me had it going on I wish I liked her more Why did I do that? I sang Loosen Up wow. My Buttons in lingerie to the LAPD because my friend broke into his own house.
2: AJ, would you mind Shucks. if I s- just take one minute? Thank you.
0: Are like- you insane? <laughs> Are you crazy? <laughs> I think all of you should be in a psych ward right the heck now.
2: Thank you. Yeah. Are
0: you crazy? Okay. Are you insane? Yeah, there. you guys know that. I am insane. All right. Well, listen. I've always oh. wanted to be a pussycat doll, and I just made a music video that hopefully shows... I I'm cape, it doesn't. I saw a little bit. God, I'm not great at dancing. Summer is here and it's queer. Let's get into a little weather. It's going to be a high of 84 in LA, 113 in Vegas, 118 in Palm Springs, 93 in Houston, 86 in Miami, and 75 in San Francisco. Now at McDonald's, get a small summer treat like the new Minute Maid, Strawberry Watermelon slushy or McCafe Frops and Smoothies for just $2. Now give us a vibe of the day.
3: Speaking your truth is the most powerful tool we all have.
0: Yes, it is, Lord. Yes, it is. Okay, well, coming up, we're talking with Dr. James Simmons about uh, a new Delta variant and how dangerous it is, what we need to know coming up next.
3: You're listening to The Morning Beat. It's time for another round of What the Help with what Dr. James hell? Simmons. No. Uh, Dr. James, welcome. We're talking about the boss. That's right, Bruce Springsteen. Uh, he is uh, bringing his one-man show back to Broadway in September, um, but is saying that those who have the AstraZeneca vaccine are not welcome, uh, requiring that everybody in the theater be fully vaccinated with either Pfizer, Moderna, or Johnson & Johnson Uh, Do you expect to see more of this as theaters and concerts sort of reopen?
1: Yeah, I do expect to see a little bit more of this. And good morning, everyone. I like being woken up to the boss. That was fun. (laughs) Um, I was like, oh, we're doing new bed music now. This is great. So I I think this is going to happen at least while the AstraZeneca vaccine is not even emergency use authorization or fully approved by the FDA in the United States. Because this is the Springsteen's camp is sort of saying this is actually coming at the direction of the state of New York is what Mm. they're saying. So they're like, ah, New York state is saying, they please only accept proof of vaccination from FDA approved vaccines, which in the United States right now is only Pfizer, Moderna and Johnson and Johnson. So uh, until the AstraZeneca is approved by the FDA here, even from an emergency use authorization standpoint, which I think is going to be a while still i think we're going to see a lot more of this particularly here in the states
0: well one thing i want to ask you dr james simmons is people thought that they were in the clear after getting vaccinated but there's a new variant by the name of delta that people are pretty afraid of how dangerous is it
1: yeah delta variant is now more than probably about 10 percent of cases in the united states um at this point which is uh Pretty, getting pretty high, and that's a little bit scary. So we have renamed a lot of the variants that we were discussing before, so um, language is important. This was previously identified as the variant first discovered in India. We're now referring to it as the Delta variant. So this is a pretty prevalent variant in different parts of the world. It certainly has obviously made its way to the United States here. At this point, it does seem to be... Um, not resistant to so it's susceptible to two doses of the vaccine so people who have double dose who are fully vaccinated right two weeks past your last shot um do well against the delta variant the problem is as we've discussed before lots that you know the more there are lots of people who are not vaccinated in the united states and the more people who are not vaccinated or don't have natural immunity if a variant gets in them it has an opportunity to mutate Get potentially even stronger, more resistant to vaccines, potentially, and then spread to other folks. So, already a pretty aggressive variant that is, by the CDC standards, a quote, variant of concern. Now, with so many people who are still unvaccinated, there's a there's possibility that this variant could continue to mutate and grow and become even more dangerous.
3: I love that you say the variant formerly known as. It's like we're talking about Prince, Prince or somebody who trained us about <laughs> not trained
1: Yeah, uh, but, I'm glad you caught that, AJ. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. But to be
3: fair, though, I mean it is real. Like we we don't call it the Ch- the China virus anymore. We never did. Most of us didn't. But we shouldn't be calling it that. We shouldn't be calling it the South African variant or the whatever variant it is from another part of the world. But on, on, on a kind of serious, kind of joking, but also, again, kind of serious note, if you're a brand like Corona or Delta Airlines, is it annoying to you that as you try to reopen and sort of recoup some of your losses, they've now named
1: this the Delta variant? I mean, I, if I was Delta Airlines, yes, I would okay. I would be very careful yeah. about anything I did with this. But this is um, coming from Greek nomenclature. I get it, some- but... Uh, you know, so there's an alpha variant, there's a beta variant, there's a delta variant. Yeah, there where, be, where did Corona come from then? I get coronavirus, but still, <laughs> <laughs> it did not come from the beer, which is still a thing. There's a great Twitter feed called Bad Medical Takes. Mm. Um, I don't know if you've ever checked it out. It's totally up producer Justin's alley. And uh, there are people who are still talking about a relationship between Corona the beer and Corona the virus mm. on Bad Medical Takes on Twitter.
3: I, listen, I had a bunch of Corona beers in Mexico a couple of weeks ago. Yum. I was, I was fantastic.
0: Listen to me. My girlfriend who does not drink, when we landed in Mexico, they gave her a mini Corona. Oh, yeah. And she was <laughs> like... It's delicious. Drink Coronas the rest of the time. So, way <laughs> to go, Corona! Great. All right, we're going to talk to you, Dr. James Simmons, because coming up next, we're talking LGBTQ seniors, what their needs are, and some of the issues they're having. Next,
3: it's time for another round of What the Health with Dr. James Simmons. Dr. James. Thanks for being here. Um, we're talking about a, a segment of our community that is oftentimes overlooked, uh, sometimes an afterthought, uh, even though they are the trailblazers that mm-hmm. got us the rights that we now enjoy today. Uh, we're talking about our seniors, right? Uh, a new study just came out that they're oftentimes overlooked, uh, that, that some of them have been avoiding uh, hospitals and doctor's visits because of COVID-19. Uh, what is the study revealing? What do you want us to know about our seniors?
1: Yeah, you know, this is there's a really fantastic organization called Sage um, that has been one was one of the first LGBTQ advocacy organizations to really be public and come forward, and they have been doing fantastic work for a really long time. Sage, it's sageusa.org is their website. They very specifically uh, focus on the needs of of older LGBTQ members of our community, and I'm really glad you mentioned it that way, AJ. That that this is uh, unfortunately a part of the community queer or not, I think in general, we just don't respect and hold in reverence older individuals the way we should, at least in sort of westernized worlds right now. It's a very American trait. It, it really is, and there are, there are some really unique things that I think are, it's not a stretch for a lot of people in the queer community to realize and think about when you are older, like LGBT people are twice as likely to age alone four times less likely to, you know where I'm going, have kiddos mm. to help take care of them as they age. Plus there's something else. Obviously I'm always on the health bend, right? There's something else that a lot of people don't think about. Those of us who live in uh you know pretty awesome privileged places like LA where we it's pretty easy to find an LGBTQ provider or we're you know we're comfortable, we're very out, there's lots of resources, there's all kinds of places we can go and we can say, hey, okay, I need to talk about this thing. Maybe it's sexually related or not, but I'm going to be open and completely out of myself the entire time. There are generations of people who didn't even come out until they were after 65, 70, if they ever came out, Mm. let alone coming out to their healthcare provider, let alone living in a place like the great state of Ohio, where there might not be as many queer, you know, allied um, healthcare providers. So you have older folks who don't have people taking care of them. They're twice as likely to be alone than their straight counterparts. And then they're not out to their healthcare providers. So their healthcare providers are not able to provide them the right kind of full, holistic, whole person care. Yeah, they're they only they getting need. part of the story. Yeah, and it's really, it's really, really. Then I'm piling on here, right? My husband calls it spiraling. James, stop spiraling. No, it's but I'm going okay. to spiral on to this one. Spiral away, yeah. honey. Twirl like Michelle Kwan. Twirl- Twirl, twirl away. We're catching up with Legendary, by the way, so I'm convinced I can twirl and death drop. So I'm going to death drop also. on you this conversation. COVID, right? Ooh. Add COVID on top of all of these issues. It's really, really becoming something that's very, very problematic.
0: It's so sad. I, yeah. I feel like I, when I think of seniors, I think of like my grandma Vivian or like Corky, like our grandmas. And imagine, you know, them trying to navigate... Through the pandemic and and through everything that's happening without the proper support, I mean, it's just devastating. And it is really sad that culturally we do not respect our elders the way that we should.
1: And there's, I think sometimes it feels overwhelming, right? I I, I I run into this. This is something that I see in my practice so often because I work in a the, in, in the hospital environment. And so sometimes where, you know, okay, this person who might be older, who might have, you know, a, a recent hip fracture or a heart failure or whatever's going on, they can't quite totally take care of themselves, but they might not have family to take care of them. And those are folks who may or may not be mm. part of the LGBTQ community. This is a really, really big problem that the, we as sort of society don't like to talk about because there isn't a really clean, quick, easy solution to this. And... Like sometimes it just it hurts our heart, right? To be like, okay, these are older people that I really respect. They've trailblazed. They've done so much, and yet our only option is to maybe put them in a slightly overcrowded nursing facility where they're not going to get the, the exact care that they need. They slowly get sicker, and then they come back to the hospital, and it's this weird, really, really weird sort of cycle that happens that a lot of people don't think about, and it's much much worse for lgbtq folks who yeah, and are we older. also so,
3: we also saw what happened with senior living facilities during the beginning of covid and i mean they were the hardest hit and it's terrifying to even think that that you know another pandemic could happen uh, but yet here we are and yeah. as we talk about the covid variant in our last segment uh, it's important to stay on top of these things on a lighter note you did mention legendary i would just like to point out that yesterday legendary got picked up for season three on hbo hey,
0: honey! so the ballroom hey. shall live to
1: dance another day honey
0: we love to see it
1: <laughs> ta-da that was amazing i was telling stories yesterday to my husband about how i used to watch um when youtube first came out one of the first biggest videos that hit really big you guys should go look this up there was when laomi was laomi mizrahi there's a video of her death dropping off of a table and oh no i've like, seen it she went she wins this battle. It's, like, amazing. And it was, like, literally, I had already been going to balls in Chicago, whatever, but it just, like, it elevated
0: me. Ah, like, listen, l-
3: do goes. you want to be an icon, a legend? Laomi said, yes, I am. I created the category. Love
0: to see it. <laughs> she did. She did. <laughs> oh. Dr. James, we <laughs> appreciate legendary. you so much. Thank you for calling in. Have a great rest of your weekend.
1: Thank you. You too, y'all.
0: All right. Coming up, uh, after acquiring a half a million TikTok followers, Michael Jensenberry is joining us to discuss his hilarious Moira Rose impression and what Katherine O'Hara felt when she saw it. Coming up next.
3: Welcome back to the Morning Beat. We're going to shake things up a bit for what's popping today. Uh, we've actually got a guest for this segment, uh, and you may know him from his recent feature film, Milkwater, which is making the rounds the festival, the film festivals right now. Uh, he's sort of done it all in the entertainment industry in both New York and LA, but it's his TikTok that people are talking about yeah
0: imagine if moira rose from schitt's creek found herself on tiktok during quarantine and named it quarantine time with moira rose we would have michael judson Barry. welcome to the show michael
6: thank you thank you
0: how did you (laughs) okay so how did it start with moira rose
6: uh so obviously i'm a big fan of the show and my friends and I, before lockdown, would you know, when we had game nights or dinners. We all would sort of pretend to be the different characters from the show. And I just heard consistently that my Moira was pretty spot on. And then I did it in an improv jam right before lockdown. Oh my at god! Rose Moira, had, uh, the manager of a Sephora. <laughs> um,
3: give us
0: a little bit, please. Just give us no, a little yeah, bit. Wait, for wait, fun. yeah.
3: Say this is Moira Rose, and you're listening to the Morning Beat.
6: Oh uh, what? Well, well, hello, you. Well, this is television's Moira Rose, and you are listening to the Morning Beat. Perfect with your cup of tea or coffee to start the day
0: off. I mean, you <laughs> so literally, good. it's amazing. It's spot on. Has Moira Rose, the real Moira Rose, seen it or any of the, the cast from *Shit's Creek? We have to get it to them.
6: Yeah, so Catherine O'Hara has. Um, she talked about me in an interview once when <gasps> um, they asked her about how it felt to create such an iconic accent and that people like me were impersonating it. And she was like, "Oh, I've seen him. He's great. He's really funny. His writing is really funny." So yeah, that's okay. it it was incredible. I was like,
0: that's incredible. I got amazing.
6: the the stamp of approval from the lady herself.
0: Well, you're amazing, and you are. You're also a writer. When you're not Moira Rose, what else are you doing? Because you're so funny.
6: Oh, thank you. Um, so still now that the world is reopening, auditioning as much as I can, um, and now working on a, a pilot with a, another writer in London, actually. So hopefully creating that and now starting to collaborate with other comedians in New York to create new sketches and things.
3: Well, listen, look, look you've, like I said, you've literally done it all and you've also figured out social media, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. Your, your views and your numbers are astronomical. Um, <laughs> I just wish you nothing but the best because that's not easy. It's not easy to adapt uh, and, and to pivot so so quickly. And it seems like you're doing a really good job at that. Uh, how do you keep the creative ju- juices flowing and and constantly pivot to whatever it is that you need to do in your career at that
6: moment? Um, I mean, in this case, it was out of boredom and desperation, I suppose. <laughs> um, good good motivators. Is, I, I knew very little about social media going into this. So this whole year and a half that I've been doing this now has been a real learning curve, learning my friend had to get on FaceTime one day and teach me how to tweet because I didn't even know how to oh tweet
1: <laughs>
6: For real, I'm that much of a little old man. Like, I have a huge cardigan collection but still don't fully understand trends. Yes! Um, <laughs> well, cardigans never go but, out of trend, just so you know. Thank you, thank you. That's what I keep telling myself. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's just sort of that. I feel like... When you're an actor, you're just constantly having to learn and adapt. And um, and it's. I think it's fun. I think it's really exciting to learn new things in new mediums.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I want to remind our audience that you do have merch that says, oh, hello, you, where fans can I, buy. Yes. And yes. if you ever need a Melania for your Moira, I'll come play with you. It, oh, my it's God. It's my only claim to fame is impersonating Melania Trump. She's
6: very good at it. But
0: if you need Did me, you imagine? I'm here so for how you. So was it
6: being First Lady? I don't like.
0: want to talk to you right now. I'm pretty upset <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> well,
3: well for more head over to michaeljudsonberry.com you can grab your merch there and find out where to follow him in on tiktok and instagram and youtube uh keep soaring we're rooting for yeah, you yeah
0: you're amazing michael uh, it's you're so funny seriously congratulations on your pilot i know it's gonna get sold
6: ah uh, thank you very much
0: yeah coming up we're discussing microaggressions and how they affect our community coming up next
3: Welcome back to The Morning Beat. Coming up this hour uh, in about 15 minutes from right now, we're having a conversation on microaggressions. Uh, I was watching Real Housewives of New York the other night, and this topic came up. It's really interesting how many microaggressions we all endure, especially as members of this community, Uh, and even more so if you're queer and also another thing. And also female, or and also person of color, and also trans. Uh, the microaggressions uh, pile up without us even realizing them. So we're going to have a real candid conversation on them in just a moment. Just, just how to spot them. How to avoid using them, and then how to respond to them as well. So we're going to share all that information with you in just a moment. As we live in this uh, this culture of just information, right? Things are changing so oh, quickly. yes, it you and really I had this is. conversation just yesterday about how quickly the industry is changing. Things are changing, and sometimes you know, I know I, I'm guilty of this at times. Our our personal feelings get involved and we think it's about us but it has nothing to do with us individually no so that is definitely something we're going to talk about here in about 15 minutes we hope you join us for that conversation uh then we're going to send you off into the weekend at the end of this hour with tell me something good we've got a couple inspirational stories that should put uh, a little smile on your face as we head into the through the weekend now the final full weekend of pride right well we kind of have another one next week the week sort of ends i guess Pride sort of ends on what a Monday or a Tuesday. It's a little bit weird. Uh, but one more week until Denver Pride, Michaela.
0: Oh my God, I'm ready to say, I can't on wait to stage. get
3: back on a plane and watch you.
0: We're going to have so much fun.
3: I hope I don't drink too much and miss You're it. You're going to miss but it. You,
0: oh, you won't miss it. Okay. Good. Oh, you'll be in the. F-
3: do I have tickets yet? Or are there tickets? No, or is it- you
0: don't. Oh, do you need tickets? Yes. No, you'll just be on my list.
3: Okay, my so two of us.
0: Yeah, well, I'm not going to not include a meal, doy.
3: Well, unless we, we might meet somebody, too, so I don't know.
0: Meet who? I,
3: a friend. I don't It's Pride. Who knows? A new
0: friend? Maybe. Or an old friend? One or
3: two people. Who knows?
0: Should I make a third ticket request? <laughs> Why not? Do you want me to just invite Vassy while we're at it, see if she wants to be on my list she's before performing her Sunday. So
3: here's the funny thing: so Vassy, we've had her on our program, we love her, she's a pop star, she's amazing, and this is what got the whole ball rolling. And Michaela's like, "I'm also performing Denver Pride." I said, "Oh great, Vassy, you're going to be there. Don't care about Michaela. I'll come see you." buy my ticket, buy my hotel. Turns out Vassy performs Sunday night. We'll both be long gone by then. Gone.
0: We'll be getting ready for the show. I know,
3: but it's going to be a great weekend. Can't wait. Right now, though, it is time for News on the Beat. What do you have?
0: Alright, well, Juneteenth is now officially a federal holiday. President Joe Biden signed a bill into law yesterday commemorating June 19th, 1865, the day slaves in Texas were told of their emancipation. Juneteenth is the first holiday to be approved since Martin Luther King Jr. Day, which was established in 1983. Since Juneteenth falls on a weekend this year, some state government offices may be closed Today in observance, Juneteenth gained wider recognition following the wave of racial justice activism last summer. While many have welcomed the new holiday, other nationwide issues related to race and equality are still being met with division. Congress is all but stalled on police reform legislation. Debates are roiling about teaching critical race theory in schools, and several states have passed or are trying to pass laws threatening the voting rights of undeserved, uh, underserved i am sorry communities. Now, in other news, uh, the Biden administration has announced it will invest more than $3 billion for the discovery, development and manufacturing of COVID-19 antiviral medicines like a pill someone can easily take at home early in an illness. Meanwhile, the U.S. is still trying to reach a goal set by President Biden of at least partially vaccinating 70 percent of the adult population by July 4th. Experts continue to sound the warning of possibly dangerous consequences if the U.S. doesn't meet such thresholds. In Indonesia, hundreds of health workers have been sickened with COVID-19, even though they received the vaccine, raising even more questions about the efficacy of some vaccines against more infectious variants. Now, let's do a little weather. Uh, summer is here. It's queer, and It's brought to you by McDonald's. A high of 73 in San Francisco, 117 in Phoenix, 86 in Baltimore, 75 in Buffalo, 102 in St. Louis, and 118 in Cathedral City. Now, uh, <clears throat> McDonald's, you can get a small summer treat like the new Minute Maid Strawberry Watermelon slushie or McCafe Fraps and Smoothies for just $2. Now, give us the vibe of the day, babe.
3: Speaking our truth is the most powerful tool we all have.
0: Yes, it is. Yes. We love it. Speak your truth. We love it. Okay. Coming up, uh, what exactly are microaggressions and how do we call them out? We discuss coming up next.
3: Welcome back to The Morning Beat. Uh, We're talking about something we haven't actually talked about here on the show as far as I can remember. Uh, The idea of microaggressions, right? And this is really interesting because my partner and I were watching just last night uh, The Real Housewives of New York. And something really interesting is happening with the Real Housewives franchises right now. They're diversifying them for the first time ever. It was usually, it was always the black cast is Atlanta and Potomac, and the rest of them are completely lily white, right? Right. Well, now there is uh, not just Garcelle Beauvais over at Beverly Hills. Uh, Crystal Minkoff also is an Asian woman. She's on there. She's incredible. Uh, And then Ebony K. Williams has joined the cast of New York. And on that cast, those women are very white, very privileged, and very old right? They're the oldest cast, I believe, of all of them. And this, this conversation about microaggressions came up because Leah, one of the cast members, who is white, went off on all the women, called them all hoes, stormed off, and they laughed and invited her back to the table. Ebony K. Williams uh, just made a comment about education and because she was being challenged, and Luann went off on her. And Ebony says to her, listen, I have more formal education than every single woman at this entire table. And then Luann goes, don't come at me, sister. And then she started calling her angry right away. Use the word angry multiple times. And Ebony said, no, 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 no. And then Luanne kicked her out of her house. They ended up resolving it. But during this process of talking about like using words like angry when referring to a black woman is a microaggression. right? And then Heather Heather Thomas, I believe, one of the former cast members, was there for the weekend with them. They're in the Hamptons. And she goes in and she's talking to Ebony. And she's like, I'm a huge ally. I used to work for Puffy and I know black people. So, like, I am I understand what you're going through. And Ebony's kind of like, uh, okay, so whatever. So awkward and cringy. She walks out of the room. and She goes, also, I just wanted to tell you the way you handled yourself. You're so articulate. And I just love that. And walks out of the room. And Ebony looks at Leah and she goes, that's a microaggression. It's exactly what that is. When you, when you refer to a, a person of color and use the word articulate as if it's not expected that is a form of microaggression mm. it's like if, if have you ever what, <clears throat> as, as as a lesbian woman uh Have you ever had somebody say to you, uh,
0: well, yeah, you're so
3: feminine or you're so pretty?
0: Yeah, well, there's a story in this article that I could not relate with more because oftentimes people need to make Lisa like the man and me the woman to make it like understandable because Lisa's more androgynous than me, she's expected to be like the man. And we've gone places where we've gone to make purchases or we've done things. And depending on the salesperson, they will look to Lisa as if she's the decision maker. The same you would within like a heterosexual couple when you look at like the man as if we're still living in this like patriarchal society. Mm -hmm. And nothing offends me more. I think it's. So outdated, but it's, I feel like that's so problematic too, because it's like intertwining misogyny with also not understanding that we're two women. There's not a man and a woman. I'm also very feminine, but I'm also very capable of fixing, doing, purchasing well, yeah, things. I think
3: it also has nothing to do, it shouldn't, uh, in actuality, have nothing to do with who presents as more masculine versus right. feminine. In relationships, naturally, somebody is more dominant in certain situations than others. That tends to be the case, but it doesn't mean that it needs to be her or you. It could be either.
0: but, But the thing is, she's dominant, yes, in some ways. I'm also dominant.
3: Yeah, but they make the assumption that it's her because she looks more androgynous. Well, that's yeah, the but they
0: can't even see the equality within our relationship, yeah. and that's such a microaggression that we deal with. Also, being told I'm too pretty to be gay, a thousand percent. That's always very obnoxious. One that I've
3: dealt with, and I had to go to a lot of therapy for this. And and microaggressions, by the way, can come from people oftentimes who don't mean anything. Yeah, who mean well, but they just don't know any better. My mom, God love her, and she is so fantastic, but. The amount of microaggressions I received from her my entire adult life. Uh, so she used to always say, and she's still, she's had to work on this and I've had to call her out. Um, but she has said in the past things like, well, I'm glad you're like the man in the relationship. I'm glad you're like at least yeah. still the manly one. Right. And I'm like, that's that's really offensive. And she didn't mean anything by it. But she was letting me know, okay, well, I've, I've accepted the fact that you're gay, but at least... You're the man, and I accepted that, and I almost celebrated that early in my in my coming out because I was like, yeah, I'm still like one of the guys. I'm still like in a weird way, I was accepting that sort of like verbal abuse, even though it was not intended that way by her. It was a compliment from her, and I actually received it as one because I didn't know any better. And now, now she and I've had conversations, and she totally gets it, and she's on board. She doesn't do that anymore because she's willing to learn because she loves me. But I've had to say to her, I said, Mom. You saying that, what I actually hear now that I understand and process it is if I weren't masculine, then would we have an issue? Would you love me less if I were more feminine? Because there are a ton of feminine-presenting gay men who are fabulous and incredible, and there is that part of my life that I sometimes, I think, sort of repress for fear of being too femme. Yeah. That's why I love what Todrick just did with his new single. Oh, he's brilliant! His new so, album. Yeah, I mean it's so. We need important. movers and
0: shakers like that, though. Yes. Yeah, I mean there's so many problematic things. Asking lesbians how they have sex is very annoying. Also, invasive questions when it comes to our trans brothers and sisters about what parts they have uh, down there, which is
3: so always inappropriate. So
0: inappropriate.
3: I just I, we've we've dealt with this a lot recently, actually. Now that and listen, our wedding is a journey. That's why we're doing a destination. We want people to have a whole week together to get to know each other and understand this because for most of our guests, this will be their first same sex marriage. Yeah. We're talking family and some friends. And so we want to do a whole week together so they can see our love, they can see how much we support each other and what our relationship actually looks like up close and personal. Um, But having said that, we've already got a lot of questions from people, mostly family, who were like, okay, so who's walking down the aisle? Who's going to be the man? Who's going to be in your wedding party? Who Like, they, they don't understand it. They can't wrap their brains around yeah. it. Yeah. And we're like, uh, we don't know. And whatever we decide is what we decide. It doesn't matter. Totally. It's not about the wedding. It's about the marriage.
0: But even, you know, it's funny when it comes to weddings, too, because um, even when it comes to, like, a dad walking down the aisle, like, people are very tied to traditions. Yep. Like, Lisa's dad passed away. People aren't going to be like, so, Lisa, who's going to walk you down the aisle because your dad died? Like, you wouldn't ask nope. that. Nope. It's inappropriate. So, nope. don't ask.
3: Well, just to be clear, that's the one thing we do know. Our moms are both going to walk us down the aisle.
0: Oh, but I'm just saying. But we're both, but but I'm we're both saying, going to walk the down the way aisle. way that you wouldn't yep. ask Lisa about yeah, her dad. Course. Don't ask a gay couple, yeah. like, who's going to be the girl or the boy. But also, just... I
3: even tell you this, though. And this is interesting. if within our own dynamic and our own relationship. We're both being walked down the aisle. But who goes first? And, and my partner. Go by like,
0: alphabetical order. My
3: partner said, well, you, of course. So, even in that situation, no, no, me first. Oh, I thought and me. Then, yeah, you obviously were oh, okay. the third. God, <laughs> Michaela. So, it's interesting how ingrained it is in us. That the things we hear about ourselves yeah. our entire lives, we sort of accept.
0: Yeah, it's true. It's true. Well, listen, just don't ask inappropriate things, okay? It's annoying. It's mind uncomfortable. It's just mind drum Business. Tell me something good. Listen,
3: we're going to tell you something good, and I'm going to start off by telling you about a couple that's uh, been together for more than a couple of decades. Um, I'm not really into the thruple thing, but if they were looking for a third, I might <laughs> seriously consider throwing my hat in the ring. These guys are adorable. They're also worth a lot of money, but let's go backwards. Let's take you back
1: to where it all began.
3: Cheer it,
0: baby. We
1: at a block party, a gay pride block party in
2: Boston. I saw him across a crowded room and the rest is history. I remember it very clearly because Trevor was wearing this black shirt with stars and very bright red pants and (laughs) never forgot it.
3: That's an outfit. Uh, We're we're talking about Trevor Burgess and Gary Hess. Uh, They've been together now 25 years uh, celebrating whatever anniversary that is. Is that a silver anniversary, I believe? Uh, Kudos to them. That's pretty impressive stuff, Uh, but they're doing something really, really cool. Uh, to mark their 25 years together, take a listen.
1: built together two successful businesses in St. Petersburg, and we decided that we wanted to give back to our community. So we picked 10 organizations, many that we've worked with before, and some that are in special need right now, and decided that we would make 10 $25,000 gifts. And we decided that we wanted to share this story to encourage others to contribute at such a time of need as we recover from COVID.
3: How cool is this? So great. To be clear, Trevor uh, started his own bank. He founded the bank and a financial institution. Uh, They started a couple of different companies together over the years. Uh, He left the one company in 2014 or 2016 after going public two years prior, walked away with $31 million worth of shares and over $5 million cash and a departure agreement. So uh, they're putting that money to good use. Mm-hmm. I've got some student loans that could use some love. <laughs> yeah, if, uh, hello. If y'all are really, I don't know what I need to do to get in on this <laughs> gruffle, Uh But not to make light of this. Make have I mean, happen. 25 years together and donating like that's pretty awesome.
0: That's so great. Okay, this story is amazing. A young woman, uh, has her coming out TikTok video, it's gone completely viral because when she made a pride cake, to show her parents to explain that this was her coming out, her parents' reaction was priceless. Take a listen.
5: Got it. Like the to oh, listen. As, as part of my my coming out to tell you guys I'm oh, gay. Awesome. Good
0: job,
5: oh, the Congratulations. Oh, honey, we love you.
0: Um, she goes on to say. The mom says, guess what? I love the babies that have two moms. That's the best ever. And now TikTok is losing their minds. They're saying, protect this mother at all costs. Mm. They are incredible. I mean, that's just the sweet.
3: (laughs) So her mother's either either a very awesome human being herself, or she just knew her daughter was gay. Yeah. I don't know how my mom didn't know when I was younger, to be fair. I was like, mom, seriously? like I played sports that's what it take, took to throw you off the track that was all <laughs> yeah.
0: well listen i think it's so sweet everybody deserves uh, that that kind of support um, and this Tell Me Something Good is brought to you by McDonald's. At McDonald's, get a small summer treat like the new Minute Maid Strawberry Watermelon Slushie or McCafe Fraps and Smoothies for just $2. That's it for us here. We hope you have an amazing rest of your weekend as we continue celebrating Pride. We have a great show for you Monday. Um, as always, take care of yourselves, and we'll see you then.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue.